1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Corn Nation, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, joined by one other leg of the tripod in John Dam Johnston. John, we are uh, trying to stand upright without our third man today, tonight, and for the next two and a half months, three and a half months. I don't know. I'm not good at math.
0: I don't know about you, man, but you know what
1: I can do? stand up right on provide, two legs
0: I can no I can provide two legs of that tripod by myself Oh my <laughs> <laughs> And let's just let's just start out that way
1: <laughs> Thanks to Blue Chew
0: <laughs> Yes What I didn't say that No I was thinking how strong and uh, how virile I am You are Because I I've, I've been around for centuries and still alive Still strong, still going.
1: Yeah. You are like the Ents in the Lord of the Rings saga. Did you ever read the books? Uh, I read The Hobbit.
0: Okay. Well, I read the books multiple times. And the one thing, I, I'll tell you about the Ents, and people are already turning on this podcast. They're no, they're fine. The fuck? Lord of the Rings. In the books, it's clear that when the Ents go into that last battle, that it is the end of them. Yeah. That they're done as a species. They literally destroy themselves, killing Sauron. I believe it is. Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, you know, in the movies, you don't get that idea. You don't get the the idea that it is the end of the Ents. And I, I, I mean, I'm not going to bag on Peter Jackson in the movies because I, I, when they're on, I'll, I'll still watch him over again because I think that's such an amazing story and it was so well done. But, you know, that one part of the movies is, you know, versus the books is, why'd you bring that up?
1: You were talking about how you were old, but you could still stand up (laughs) and, and for whatever reason, my mind went to the end's. Uh, An ancient being.
0: Okay, an ancient being. I feel great about myself.
1: Well, tell you what, let's let's remind the listeners why we're bringing them this episode on Saturday night instead of our normal Friday morning. I have to ask the question, did your wife have a lovely birthday celebration?
0: She did, uh my my rotten son turned twenty one this week on January fifteenth. Hey,
1: that's my dad's and, birthday. Uh,
0: he is not. I he is not. Um, uh, apparently, he's not. You know, one of those guys that's going to go out and drink himself to death on his twenty first birthday, which I kind of like. Uh, he texted me a a picture. He went for his birthday. He went with his girlfriend to the Minnesota basketball game. And he texted me a photo of a small girls dance team that was on the Ford, the Gophers basketball team. And he said, look, Nebraska's basketball team decided to show up for our game tonight. Wow. And I thought, that kid, that is a great shot, you shit-ass son. <laughs> fucking rotten son, out of the will you are. But you know what I mean. You gotta respect that kind of shot, unless unless you're one of those dads that has to go. I gotta control my kids, and they should never. You know, they're defying me if they. You know what I mean. But it, when when your kid gets a that shot in on you, that you know that you've raised a good rotten son. So January fifteenth, he turned twenty first. Uh, 21, uh, January 16th. My wife turned some age and uh, we went out to dinner with uh, the rest of my family and it was a a nice night. And she really enjoyed your small child singing Happy Birthday to her because she works at a preschool. She is a preschool teacher for our church. I know that I belong to a church may come to a shock to some of you, but I do. I'm just, uh, you know... Here's the thing. There, there's one good reason why I belong to a church, and that's because uh, if I spend all my time with uh, gin and vodka and beer, uh, you know, sometimes I should spend some time with uh, good, decent people—at least one hour a week or something.
1: Well, I'm glad I'm, that she. I'm glad that uh, <laughs> you know she enjoyed it. Uh, you'll be happy to know she'll be happy mm-hmm. to know that was actually done on the first take. Uh, it it took. Two takes for him to get out grandpa uh, for my dad when we made that video for my dad's birthday, which was, as we uh, mentioned, the same day as your son's. So, uh, You know why that is? Because he got better at it as time went on?
0: No, because my wife is just that sweet in the universe. (laughs) Okay. I'm sucking up that bad. Okay, so what are we doing next?
1: Well, I just got a weird email. Literally, came in my inbox one minute ago, uh, and I think it was supposed to go to you. It's uh, it, it's the title of the email says one food that helps with your quote unquote senior moments. It's from the dementia program. What is it? Vodka. No, I think it's spam. I don't know how it ended up in my inbox and not in my junk folder. Uh, so, no, I mean the food, not the email. Oh, I'm what gonna, what is the food that helps with our senior moments? I'm not going to click it, John. You don't click. Op- you don't open up spam emails. That's horrible. Why
0: would you do that? Um, well, I do it because I have to investigate them as an IT professional.
1: Okay. Would you? Let, can we start? Would you rather start on a light note or end on a light note? Well, we always have to end on a light note. Okay, let's do this one then. It was announced uh, in quick fashion earlier this week that Nebraska football and offensive coordinator Troy Walters mutually agreed to part ways. And in doing so, that opened up the door for it was rumored Rumor only that Nebraska offered the position to LSU wide receivers coach Mickey Joseph that he apparently turned down. Scott Frost said no such offer was issued, but Matt Lubick is hired as offensive coordinator, uh, for Scott Frost. Now, of course, these two were on the same staff at Oregon and that's, uh, what a busy week between what actually happened and uh, you know, what was rumored to happen. Well,
0: let's break that down, and we're going to use Husker Mike's analogy that he said to us in the Slack room. Uh, you remember when you were, I don't know, junior high, and maybe you wanted to go out with this girl or dance with this girl, and what you didn't do was you actually did not talk to this girl. You asked like this friend of yours to ask this friend of theirs do you think i don't know let's just say we're not going to use karen because karen is a horrible word on the internet now <laughs> right now but, but i don't know come up with a name just you know shelly okay shelly shelly
1: because let's because you Shelley, were because you were, you were in your shelly you were in your formative and, years in the 80s when shelly long was really popular that makes sense Okay,
0: so you looked at Shelly and you went, I'd really just like to dance with Shelly one time when I'm in junior high, when we're first starting to dance. And you didn't just say, I don't want to be embarrassed and I'm terrified of asking Shelly because I don't want to be rejected. So you went up to like some buddy of yours and you knew that, let's say, uh, I don't know, Joe knew Shelly's friend, Barb. And I'm using really old names, aren't I? These are probably not. Ashley, Brittany, you know, those would be the names you'd use now. But uh, Haley would be another one. But you'd go up to – you'd say, Joe, could you ask Haley or Brittany or Ashley or somebody that knows Shelly, maybe would she like to dance with me? But you'd never actually ask Shelley directly and it comes back through the channel that – No, Shelly thinks that you look like a jerk and you can't (laughs) dance anyway. And, uh, you know, and that's pretty much was my entire junior high. Wow. Anyway, but that's how the dance goes when it comes to did we offer you a job? Did we not offer you a job? And I think that pretty much everybody in their lives can relate to that junior high kind of concept where – you know, you didn't you didn't directly ask somebody for a job. It's not like Scott Frost gets on the phone and calls people and goes, "Hey, you want a job?" No, he doesn't. He goes through channels and other channels. You know, and that's how it works, and that's how it worked in eighth grade. Everybody understands that, but somehow we get into this thing where we go, "Well, you got turned down by that guy, so we must not be a good pro- program." And then we get into these kind of weird things that's going on where – I don't know. We hate rejection. We hate – you know, the interesting thing is we hate rejection of our football program as much as we hated being rejected in eighth grade. And it's, it that I find – no, I, I find kind of rational, I guess, if I have to pause and think about it. And by the way, I'm having some Guinness tonight, so, you know, I'm <clears> – <throat> I'm a little more mouthy than usual, but um, I guess Mickey Joseph is more of a Louisiana guy than he is a Nebraska guy, and that's okay. He's from Louisiana, you know, and Louisiana ties are strong. If you've ever been down there, um, I I love Louisiana. I'm just not a native, and uh, I'm thank God I'm not a native because I would be a (laughs) 350 pound alcoholic.
1: Yeah, and... and uh,
0: that's another discussion that I thought we would have on this podcast if we were recorded earlier, but um, let's go on. Okay. Go on.
1: So, uh, L- Matt, L- is it Lubick or Lubbock? Lubbock. Okay. Lubbock. Let's go with Lubbock tonight. All right. To- Lubbock, till we're told otherwise. Uh, he was... Uh, he actually worked under Frost at Oregon when hired by Mark Helfrich, uh, and he's a Bozeman, Montana native. He was the passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach when Frost was the offensive coordinator and he became the offensive coordinator when Frost went to, uh, central Florida. So that's all I know about Lubick Lubick. He is the offensive coordinator now and, uh, Wide receivers coach, which hopefully that means that the wide receivers will do something in twenty twenty. Only time will tell. Two things
0: about this. Number one, when you go, when you're even when you're Scott Frost and you go two years without a bowl game, there
1: has to be a sacrifice. Three years. Well, two, okay, two, two for two for Frost, but yeah, the school, yeah, two
0: for Frost. You know, you can't blaming three years on frost is like blaming your old girlfriend and starting with a new girlfriend, but that's a whole nother subject.
1: I, I, I spoke too soon in the correction aspect. I, I now know what you were trying to, trying to say, and I apologize for getting in the way. My apologies.
0: That's all right. But two years in a row without a bowl game, I think Nebraska, we should have been in a bowl game this year. Is that coaching? You know, we could go there. But the thing is that people expect somebody to be sacrificed. They really do. They expect someone to go, put your head on the block and we're going to chop it off and you have to go somewhere else. And we saw two coaches do that. Uh, Javon DeWitt went to North Carolina. Yes, sir. And, and the thing about that is, is you know, he went through cancer this last year and, uh, you know, Bo Pelini had this thing when we played Penn State after for the first game after the Jerry Sandusky mm-hmm. scandal broke, and he was asked should the game should have been played, and he said no because things are bigger than football. And when you go back and look at that, it, there's a lot of things that are bigger than football, and there's a lot of reasons to stop And take a moment. And one of those is is DeWitt's cancer, you know, realizing that he coached special teams too this year. And did our special teams suck? Yeah, they did. They did because of injuries. And they did because uh, one guy kept cutting out of his lane and gave up two freaking kickoff returns that cost us two games. So, you know, are the things bigger? Yeah. Uh, He went to North Carolina. Said that was partially because of his health, and that's fine. You know, I the the idea that we're going to stick around and have the Tom Osborne years, where you have the same coaches for twenty five years, uh,
1: that's unrealistic. You don't,
0: it, it's right. unreal, and it's listen. It's not just college football. When you work for a corporation, do you work for him for twenty five years and get a pension and retire and a watch? Right. Times have changed. This is a different world in which we live now than we used to live. And it's, you could say that it's, if, if you're old like me, you can say, and shake your fist at the world and go, this is bad, and I feel bad, and there's no loyalty. Or you can look at the world and say, this is the change, and this is how we're going to deal with it because this is the change. And it, it gives, What it does give is people opportunities to move around and find themselves in new positions, explore new opportunities, challenge themselves in different ways, and maybe find places where they fit better than anybody else. And there's nothing to describe that better than Joe Burrow's LSU season. Yeah. Yeah. We we heard at the beginning of that broadcast – Joe Burrow wanted to go to Nebraska, his dream team, and everybody groaned. But you looked at Joe Burrow this season. It was like magic. It was like one time all the universe came together right. for for Ed Orgeron, for Joe Brady, Dave Aranda, and that defensive coordinator right? Sure. And and Joe Burrow and T. Higgins and all those guys on LSU's team. And it came together at one point, in one place. And it's like the universe connected all themselves and made them magical. And they won a national title. And then everybody left. And, you know, when people feel bad or they want to beat each other up about Joe Burrow's season not coming to Nebraska, I mean – I guess you can do that, but what's the point? You just want to feel bad? You just want to go on with that negativity more already?
1: Well, and that's, and that's the thing is that Joe Burrow at LSU, you know, was a piece of, you know, maybe the last piece, but you know certainly a, a sizable piece of, you know, the championship winning season, uh, Heisman winning season. He, look, LSU and Nebraska are not on equal footing. You couldn't plug Joe Burrow in at quarterback at Lincoln and expect similar results. It's not going to happen. So you, if he plays in Lincoln, he's just, he, he's not going to have that kind of success. I wish him well. I don't really have any ill will against the guy. Uh, you know, Hey, it, it was a team not named Alabama. I'm all for it. Uh, but people have, I think expected that, you know, oh, if Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow came to Nebraska, then, you know, he'd win the Heisman here and, and uh, uh, you know, Nebraska be, you know, conference champion and college football playoff bound. And, and that's just not going to happen. And I think that people need to step back and we're going to say this a lot, I think, over the next eight months, but set realistic expectations.
0: Well, I think. Realistic expectations for next year uh better be getting to a, a good bowl.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, I mean and if, I mean, if, if look, we it, don't do that four then we and could, eight we four, can
0: burn down the state of Nebraska, but we're not there yet.
1: Four and eight, four and eight, five and seven. Hell. Bowl game. It doesn't have to be a good one. Just continue to show as as Haas would say if he were here, incremental improvement.
0: So Matt Lubick, Lubick. Sure. What you know, do we know about him? Let's go back to that. We know he coached with Scotes Frost. <laughs> oh, my God. New name, Scotes Frost. Can you – <laughs> I know I scream. Yeah, i tell you a story. There was one time in high school in which uh, I would uh, – yeah. Okay, I've had a few Guinness. There's a one time in high school uh, in which I'm standing in front of my math class and I'm describing the new calculators that come out. And what I am describing is calculus or something. And I said, you can even do cotex on this calculator. And my whole math class looks up at me and goes, what? And what I meant to say... It was cotangent and they all just looked at me and they went, you just said cotex," And of course, we're all 17-year-olds old and the girls are embarrassed and all the guys go, "Ah, this is the funniest thing ever. And John will never escape this for the rest of his life and I never have. So Scoot Frost (laughs) has hired this new guy, Matt. (laughs) Uh, and he coached with him before. So, what you have to look at is: is this a buddy hire?
1: Well, it could be, um, but also uh, Matt has been coaching uh, for twenty almost twenty five years. Uh, he's the son of longtime Colorado State head coach Sonny Lubick. Lubick uh, started coaching for his father in ninety five has been, been a part of teams that won six conference titles and played in 14 bowl games, including the college football playoff championship game when he was with Oregon. In two seasons at Washington, Lubbock helped the Huskies to 20 victories, the 2018 Pac-12 championship, and appearances in the Fiesta and Rose Bowl. And the Husky offense completed better than 66% of its passes in each of Lubbock's two seasons on the Washington staff.
0: So it sounds to me like Matt would have been nothing without his father. No,
1: I don't. I don't know if you can make that comparison. Well, that, you know
0: what I mean. That's that's how we look at things. I think it's interesting when people go, "This is a buddy hire." Scott Frost is hiring his buddies because I I do go around social media and I look at these things, and it always astonishes me when people say that. Uh, I don't. I I want to look up this. Wow, I'm, the the voice is really just staggering here. Uh, I want to look up uh, the stats on things like this. Okay, how many cardiologists are in America?
1: Uh let me Google.
0: Okay, how many neurologists are there? Well, I can only. I can you only know what Google. I mean? It's it's rhetorical. Don't look it up. How many um, people average? Group how group many group people group. are accountants? How many plumbers are there? How many, I don't know, Ooh, hold not on. journeymen, pipe fitters? I, but I
1: have one for you. You understand, you understand what I'm saying? I, I can answer your question, John. I can answer your question. Oh, which one? Cardiologist. According to the American College of Cardiology, the total cardiologist population estimated at approximately 23,000.
0: Okay, and compare that to the number of college football coaches. Okay. At the division okay. one level. Uh, Literally. I, like, I, I, when we look at this, there are twenty-three thousand cardiologists in the United States of America, right? Yep. Okay. And how many Division One college football coaches are there? Well, I'm not see. talking about head coaches.
1: I'm talking, talking about, about all. overall. Okay, so you're let's say what? There's hundred and thirty Division one teams, give or take, yeah, yeah. So let's times say, 10, yeah, let's times say times ten. 10. So 1300. I think you
0: can have ten people on your coaching staff. Yeah, give or take. Which would be what? How many people?
1: Uh, uh, Thirteen hundred, give or take.
0: Okay, so isn't pretty much when we watch movies like Six Degrees of Separation? Wasn't that a movie?
1: I don't know. I always called it the Kevin Bacon game, but I know what you're talking about.
0: But you understand that everybody is everybody's buddy in coaching because everybody knows everybody else.
1: Because it's a fraternity of, of a very select few.
0: And they go to all the same conferences. They share ideas. When you are an accountant person, you go to accounting conferences if your company will pay for it. And few companies do these days, but if, if you know what I mean, we I all do. have, let's say, lawyer associations. I don't know associations of. You know what? I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I've been an IT consultant for thirty years, and one of the most one of the more interesting things I've ever done. Uh, I used to work with a company that was the Wood Turners Association. And these were people who literally turned wood. They took wood and turned it into beautiful objects. And you can look them up on the internet. I think at woodturners.org. And they made, they took wood and turned them into the most beautiful things ever. They were an association. You can look up an association. I don't. You know what? There is now in Nebraska. I saw in the Daily Nebraskan last week that there is a furry. Association or a furry student
1: group. I'm not surprised.
0: And you know what that means, Greg? That means that there's a place for everybody in this world. Yeah. And the thing about it is, when people go, well, he's hiring his buddies, okay. What is he supposed to hire a fucking guy from Malaysia he doesn't know and never heard of? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I found this guy that was a coach. He coached for the Singapore team because he was an expatriate. Couldn't get a job in Singapore because they don't allow people down there to get jobs if they're Americans and coaching in Singapore, which is actually something my brother-in-law did. But I don't – you know, the whole buddy hire, you know, thing constantly bugs me, constantly. Constantly.
1: Well, talk about another buddy hire. Uh, Scott Frost also back, brought back Mike Dawson, coach of the outside linebackers, in place of Joan DeWitt.
0: That guy looks like Tony Soprano. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Am I the only one that thinks that? I mean, you might be. I mean, I, I shoot photos, right? I take close-ups of You took people. that picture. Yes, I did. The one in which is on our website announcing his return to me he looks like I didn't watch the whole I don't remember the Sopranos. I'm sure I watched a bunch of it, but um he looks like Tony Soprano to me.
1: Is, is it I mean wrong? literally
0: he looks like a guy that could just point at a guy and the guy'd be taken off and, you know, mm-hmm. I don't the Platte River is not deep enough to sink a body, but, you know,
1: the Missouri is. Is it wrong for me to say that I never watched The Sopranos?
0: No, it's not. Okay. It's okay. There's, You know what? There's a lot of programming out there, and there it's is. fine.
1: There's I didn't
0: watch uh, the one about uh, Walter White and uh, meth.
1: Oh, uh, Breaking, uh, Breaking bad. bad. I didn't. Watch I, didn't that I didn't
0: watch that. I, I didn't watch it because when I watched it, it make me. It made me feel bad about myself. And I, I then I watched like four episodes of it, and I I went. I, I don't need to do this.
1: I I get the same feeling. I agree with you, and I got the same feeling uh, about um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. For some I reason, never saw that. for for whatever reason, uh, it you know like the. The shows I, I might catch hell for this, or you know, people might disagree. That's fine, um, but the shows where they uh, glorify or try to rationalize like the illegal behavior, you know, like the making. You mean
0: like cr- the dark side of life?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like showing them as like the protagonist. Like, well, it's okay because they've got a family. Well, that's not exactly. And maybe that's maybe that's painting with broad strokes. I don't know, but that's not you know that's probably not the best takeaway of those shows. But I just I I could never get into Sons of Anarchy. I tried, um, not for me. So uh, anyway, back to Husker Athletics, shall we? <laughs> I felt myself. It's hard to
0: stray. So what part of Husker Athletics? Greg? Well,
1: uh. We had a, uh, a Husker lineman retire. John Raritan. John Raritan uh, retired from football. The, he was a four-star guard, uh, wants to focus on academics. Uh, I, you know
0: what the nice thing about that is? Hmm.
1: He's smart enough to get out of the game while he's smart enough to get out of the game?
0: Well, what you didn't see is that he, he went up and said, I'm retiring because I had too many concussions. Yeah. You know, when I looked at that headline, I thought, oh, my God, is this another guy that's, you know, going to be done because his head hurts? No, it's a guy that retired because he decided that he's going to go do something else with his life. And that's the meaning of college. I remember years ago, like when I was in college. Uh, It was rare for a guy to say that publicly and there was a linebacker or a fullback or somebody that retired and people went crazy like in 1985 and I can't remember the kid's name but he he said, I'm done with football and everybody was like, what's wrong with you? You're not a man. And it's just bizarre. It would the reaction was just over the top and bizarre at well, that time because well, you never heard of that nineteen eighty four or five somewhere in there.
1: Look, look, looks considerably more recently. Just this past summer when Andrew Luck retired, I mean, you got the same reaction. You know, largely from Colts fans who you know felt that he was leaving him in a tight spot. And, and look, I think that the Colts performed admirably. You know, with uh, the the you know, quarterback by committee or however they handled it. I think they, they played pretty well this season. But, you know, when he hung it up, you know, I, I think during the, the fall camps and said that he wasn't he, – he was retiring, wasn't going to be able to do it, you know, his was because of injuries. And, uh, you know, people like Colts fans jumped his ass because they thought that he had, had you know, made the decision at, at, a, at a poor time, you know.
0: So, oh, whatever. Right. We expect these guys to be gladiators. That's really what we look at. Them. Sure. You know, we, we look at them and go, you're supposed to be out there to be our entertainment, and beat the fuck out of yourselves and destroy your bodies. And I think they're, you know, what was that moment, Lord of the Rings, in which uh, Frodo turns around And he looks back and he sees Gollum for the first time and he says to – he says to Gandalf that Bilbo should have killed him when he had the chance. Yep. Gandalf's response is something about mercy. You know, it it basically has to
1: do with – It takes more courage to be merciful sometimes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you look at this part, you know, you look at football and you go, you realize these people are here for our entertainment and we love them for it and we worship them for it. And when they let them let us down, we just want to stomp them into the fucking ground. Human behavior is the most amazing. (laughs) We haven't.
1: We uh, haven't evolved that far.
0: No, we're the smartest monkeys.
1: <laughs> um, what we're going to do right now, folks, we're going to take a quick time out. We've got a few things more to talk about, but uh, uh, the the bills got to be paid. The lights got to stay on. So when we come back, we will uh, cover a few more things. It's just that simple. What are they going to be? I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's coming up here on the Five Heart Podcast. Welcome back to the Five Hard Podcast. Greg Mahochko and John Dam Johnston here. And John, I, I sent you a couple of little tidbits, uh, early in the week, things to, that I, that I thought we could discuss. And I want to bring one up for you. It's a new recruit to the Huskers, uh, a, a new signee from the early signing period, a Jamari Butler, who retweeted and tagged Coach Frost in a tweet from Pick Six Previews where they were talking about championship moments and they went back in the way back machine to 1997 when Nebraska beat Tennessee 42-17, a glorious day for Husker football. Scott Frost has three touchdowns and the Nebraska defense destroys Peyton Manning. It was a different time in Husker football. Uh, capped off a 49-2 and stretch for the Huskers from 1994 to 1997, but... What I took, my biggest takeaway was that some of these young kids, young men, can't call them kids, but these young men are seeing this. They're seeing the school that they signed on an agreement to play football for and the coach that they signed on uh, and, and agreed to play for from 22 years ago. And I get the feeling that they're excited about it. And they're—it maybe I'm projecting or, or maybe this is wishful thinking, but they are – hoping that they are the group that are going to be able to bring Nebraska back to those types of moments.
0: I'm supposed to react to that?
1: Yeah, in any way <laughs> you feel necessary. You, I mean, you don't have to react. You can just say, sure, or okay, or hey, let's move on and talk about basketball. I don't know.
0: No, you know what? I, I don't follow recruiting. I'm not inside the mind of an 18-year-old kid that plays football. I don't know if, if that literally means anything to him, except for the fact that they're talking to a coach that's been there and understands where he's been, and he can speak the language. And uh, all, all I can relate to that is, uh, you know, when you've been there and you can speak the language, you can say, I did this. And you could be a part of, you know, be a ment. I can be a mentor to you. That means a lot. Uh, That we stomped the shit out of Tennessee, forty-two to seventeen. Scott Frost beat the fuck out of people. Uh, Does it count for anything in recruiting? Hmm, Maybe not. You know what? Here's the thing. I think about recruiting. I think that something has changed where. You know, the best recruits are going to Clemson. They're going to Alabama. They're going to uh, LSU now. And they're going to go to teams where they think they can win a championship and they can get noticed and get into the NFL. And maybe that's because those teams have the best coaches. And maybe that's because Odell Beckham Jr. gives them cash.
1: (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up. You know, And gets uh, a a warrant out for his arrest for simple assault too. But let's talk about that.
0: I think it was it. It's people
1: would
0: listen. You can cut that part out. Um. No. You know, there's a lot of stupid. Sh- Nebraska or college football is insane. It's insane because the people who run it make so unbelievably much money off of it that it's stupid money. When you look at, like for example, how much bull representatives get paid. For doing what? Because they got into a position to wear a blazer to get paid, I don't know, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars a year. Nobody tracks that stuff. And then we get bent out of shape because after the title game, some professional football player, whether we like him or not, walks on the uh, literally in front of cameras and starts handing cash to guys. Who are already going to be in the NFL draft anyway. And then we have to get our bent out of shape about it. And I don't know if if Nebraskans, most of the people that paid attention to this podcast, were Nebraskans just stopped paying attention. But what happened is after the LSU title win, Odell Beckham Jr. walked out on the field in front of cameras and started handing $100 bills to certain players. When they went into the locker room, a Louisiana police officer decided he would come into the locker room and arrest everybody for smoking a cigar or underage drinking. Okay. I have been in New Orleans for a long time as a consultant. I worked there pre-Katrina and post-Katrina. One of the first things that one of my old college roommates said to me when I went down there was, John, there's only two types of people that live in New Orleans, and that's alcoholics and functioning alcoholics.
1: (laughs) And I thought he was joking. And then I worked worked
0: there for a while, and I discovered he wasn't joking at all. New Orleans is a very – just – Unique city in the entire planet. It's a plant, it's a city full of Catholics without guilt. And I was raised Catholic and I understand how unique that is and why I love going to New Orleans just so I can be around a bunch of Catholics who understand what it's like to go to confession. But at the same time, go, I'm going to show my tits on Mardi Gras and get beads for it. It's an amazing city. All the music, all the music, and all the culture, and all the things that go out, come out of it are just, uh, if you've never been there, it's a better trip than Las Vegas. It's scarier? Well, not really. I don't gamble, so I uh, fuck the Las
1: Vegas. I feel like New
0: Orleans at any time, but I feel um, like what
1: you just said about New Orleans should be like their city motto. We're full of Catholics with no guilt.
0: I think everybody understands that. You know, and I can tell you stories about being down
1: there. No, no. Uh, what happens in New Orleans no, stays in no, New Orleans. B-
0: Before Katrina and after Katrina, and they're really sad stories. But um, the thing you have to understand about New Orleans is there's no rules. If you set up a roadblock, like, you know – for years, we we did this roadblock thing to catch drunk drivers. If you did that in New Orleans, you'd arrest everybody on the planet, right? So this concept that this guy would walk into uh, a locker room and start arresting everybody for underage drinking or smoking a cigar is just so off the charts, phenomenally stupid. And then... Odell Beckham Jr. was going to get arrested for slapping him on the ass, and he did. It's on video. He walked up to the cop and he slapped him on the ass. My question is, the cop wanted to hit him.
1: My question is, did he say good game? Because if you say good game and then you slap him on the ass, then it's you know you get away with it. I I have no idea. You gotta say you gotta say good game, whack.
0: Well, that is not enough. Now they now it's come out that the police officer doesn't want to press charges, and you're kind of like, hmm. Huh.
1: It's it's, a, it's, it's a just hairy situation. all of
0: this stuff is goes back to college football being the just insane sport that it is. Um, I will I will say this when I said New Orleans has no rules. New Orleans has one rules, one rules, <laughs> one rules, one rules, one rules, one Wait, rule. I'm stuck. Right. It has one rule: don't <laughs> fuck with people. I, I'll tell you this: yeah, they you can be drunk as shit. You can wear whatever you want. Uh, you can look up photos of uh, LSU and uh, stuff on Bourbon Street and find guys wearing stuff that, that nobody should ever be wearing. But I'll tell you this: when you're in LS when you're in New Orleans, uh, the only rule is don't fuck with people, don't get into fights because the police will beat the living shit out of you. And I'll tell you that for sure. Anyway, Noted. I've seen that firsthand. But um, <sighs> well, where, where were we? What were we talking about? LSU and uh, Joe Burrow
1: and. Uh, yeah, we were about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs>
0: I, anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, put,
0: there, there's going to be this much rambling during the off season, isn't it? No. After three straight years without a bowl, no. Eventually, we'll get some guests or what something to, to
1: visit with us and, and you know keep us occupied, keep us out of trouble. Right? We got to.
0: If we do. We need to find some guests.
1: Well, I mean, that sounds like it's, you know, post show production meeting type of discussion that we don't want to waste valuable time on. Now let's talk about Nebraska men's basketball just briefly because they played tonight and fortunately, fortunately, we were able to uh, push off the recording of the podcast until they lost to Indiana. And, uh, you know, it was, it was what it was. The final score there, uh, being, um, a score I'm looking for it uh, I'm looking for it the, the uh, recap here does not have the score you know, in the,
0: we, it, we we did our Nebraska ball step we we have a team in which we have a brand new team um, I, t- I tell you this I, I literally I, I talked to Kim Fabelka on December 27th and I was going to make an article of it and I am so shitty at taking an interview and making an article of it that it's embarrassing. It's, it's. I'm terrible. I am a shitty writer.
1: No, you're not. You need to stop, yes, Johnny. We, we talked about I this. I, I,
0: I, I, I could not either that or I, you know, I, uh, I've had problems lately. <laughs>
1: Here, well, here, here you've got that transcript program. Just put the whole thing on there in, in the transcript. I did.
0: I did. I did. But I can't, you know, we rambled on. You can't do that to Kent
1: Pavelka. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay.
0: It, it, listen, you, uh, Kent is uh, an icon and uh, he's a. Well,
1: well he's a, a national hero and a global treasure.
0: He is. He is. And I, I will share this. At the end of the interview, I did ask him, uh, what do you think about being Nebraska's Mr. Rogers? And I I talk to Kent a few times a year, let's say. I'm not going to say he's a friend of mine, but I would say that Kent would recognize me on the street. I love Kent. I think everybody should love Kent. Kent's been waiting his entire life like the rest of us have, for one fucking thing, and that's for Nebraska to win one NCAA tourney game. Is that going to happen this year? No, it's not. We're not going to get in the NCAA tourney, but I think that this year's team is fun to watch. And what what Ken and I talked about for a while was this. Uh, Number one, I proposed that this was like when you were – you're not there yet, Greg.
1: Okay. Where am I not?
0: You're not – your kids aren't in fifth grade.
1: No. No, definitely not. Uh, preschool. Okay.
0: When – when how old is your son? Three? Four? he just,
1: He just turned four, oddly enough, uh, two days before Christmas, so.
0: Okay. Magical when my thought. oldest son, Noah, was four years old, I – hated the idea that you would play ch- children's music to a kid. Because when you listen to children's music, it's shit. So is their it's television.
1: Just, so, it's so fucking is their television.
0: garbage. It is horrible fucking crap. Okay? If you want to listen to kids' music, you play them music that you like that they might like. And when, I, when my oldest son was three years old, I would play him uh, electronic, and they're a, a, a synth electronic band. And I would the other the other CD I played a lot because we had CDs back then was uh, a remake of all the carpenters songs by other bands like Shonen Knife and uh, Sonic Youth. And we I would dance with them when, we, when he was three years old. I would dance with the carpenters, which. The Carpenters are one of the best mans ever, but their music remade is even better. So, why would you literally take your kids and you want to teach them music and force them to listen to like kids' bop or some fucking crap like that? Or like, he did. I don't know what the kids' music is because I never played that. All right.
1: I don't think it's that, and but I don't uh, think you're far wrong. Uh,
0: but the thing is, I, I completely forgot where I'm going with this, but um, I refuse to play my kids kids' music. and I always played them music because I think music is uh, good for your kids' brains. It makes them learn math much better. But it's also music and music is beautiful. Just one of the things human beings do that we can all look at and go, "My God, this is wonderful." And we can it goes back thousands of years. Anyway, what I told when I was talking to Ken Bavelka, I said, "You know, this is like going watching this team is like going to your kids' dance recital when they're in fifth grade." Okay, when you go to a band a, a dance or a band recital. When they're in fifth grade, you literally are looking You're looking in your pockets. You're reaching in your jacket and going, why didn't I bring a flask? How long is this? This is the worst fucking hour of my life. God, what is going on? Is this the most horrible thing ever? Because they're, it literally sounds like, I don't know, elephants stomping on weasels who are killing rodents. At the same time, I don't know what it sounds like. And then you go to eighth grade, and it sounds a little bit like uh, they've taken the weasels and the rodents out, and it's just (laughs) elephant stomping. (laughs) And then when you finally get to like like eleventh and twelfth grade, you're finally looking at them and going, "My God, what is happening?" I brought my flask, but I because I'm fully prepared. But I'm drinking it now because I'm enjoying this music. And then when they, you know what I mean? That is this year's Nebraska basketball team. And Kent and I talked about it. And he kind of went, yeah, that's a good analogy. This is going to be really rough. It's like they're in fifth grade. Listen to band. But someday they might get to 12th grade. And I'll tell you this, Greg. I'm ready. My daughter owns a cello.
1: Oh, this is going to be a great much story. Much, do you
0: know how much a cello costs?
1: A couple grand, if I had to guess? Conservative estimate? Not sure.
0: More more than, more, than that.
1: Oh, really? And
0: uh, Yes. And uh, my oldest son, uh, I don't know how many guitars I bought for him. And uh, my youngest son, my rotten son, has a $3,000 trumpet. And I, listen, every one of those things have been amazing investments in their lives. And when you look at, when you're being a parent and you're growing people, you have to realize that you're not growing little children, you're growing adults And you're going to spend most of your life with these people as adults. And I think that my daughter is actually living with us now, and she's trying to pay off student debt. Her cello's upstairs. Every once in a while, she still pulls that cello out, and she plays it. My oldest son still plays his guitar all the time, still sings. My youngest son, rotten son, I don't know what he's doing with his trumpet,
1: well, I know for a fact because you've talked about here on the show is that hit your rotten son's musical inclinations helped him uh, meet a young lady from the University of Minnesota who's in the marching band. And because of that, she got to go down to Florida for the bowl game. That's all I know. So, she did. she, so, did. so there's, there's, you know, there, I mean, hey, if nothing else, him having that trumpet has probably at least, uh, you know, given us a story for the show. <laughs> That's a hell of an investment, John.
0: What does any of this have to do with Nebraska football?
1: I don't know. It's the off season. Does it matter?
0: Oh no, it doesn't.
1: All right. Uh, one more we're, thing. We,
0: no, we, we there was a reason why I went. <laughs> you were talking direction. about Ken You're Pavelka supposed
1: to be better I, than I, I am. I think. I think you were talking I'm the old dementia guy. Well, hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm I'm piecing it together now. The middle school grade school music concerts versus the, you know, more polished, more reformed, you know, junior, senior year of high school and so on. I think w- the conclusion. Wait, it was, was Ken Padalka. I know. Let me, let me, let me figure, let me tell okay. you if I think, if I'm, if you, if I'm heading in the right direction, if I'm gleaming the right thing, I think what you were trying to say is when these kids are juniors and seniors, then this is going to be one rockin' concert. Yeah. Yeah. See?
0: It'll be – I you know, I guess I'm the dumbest guy
1: Don't you ever, do her. Stop that. And that I
0: constantly have faith, and maybe that's why I love Kent so much is because he's been broadcasting Husker Sports for so many years, and he's – you know, when you talk to him personally – He's waiting for the same damn thing, like I said earlier, the the rest of us are that might be basketball fans. Just one win. One one win. Just that one win to get you over the hump. It's not like you're going to look at Nebraska basketball and say, we're going to make the Sweet 16. No, just get a freaking NCAA win, man. And you look at him and, you know, I remember last year talking to him and I'm, when T- when when Tim Miles was still around, and and he said to me, uh, "My time is running out." And this year, you know, I I did ask him the I did when I was interviewing him, I asked him the, uh, "What do you think about being Nebraska's Mister Rogers?" And he laughed a lot, and he said, "I think you've seen too many photos of me in bow ties." <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm terrible at taking that interview and making it into an article.
1: Well, you ship and it over the to reason, me. Maybe The reason can.
0: why we can't, you know, I couldn't interview Kent on uh, podcast because his contract doesn't allow that. And uh, somebody owns his voice, which means that Kent it, has an incredibly valuable voice. Mm
1: hmm. And so do you, John.
0: No bullshit. Nobody. I just, I sling my voice everywhere. It's like I'm a whore with my
1: voice. Well, (laughs) you, the listener, your voice is also valuable, and we'd like to hear it. In the Use Your Voice portion of the show, you can leave a voicemail at 402-327-1830. So there you go. Uh, Real quick before we get out of here, a couple lighter notes. Uh, Coronation.com, John, I don't know if you're aware. It's a uh, SB Nation's Nebraska cornhusker site. Anyway, that was the. Thanks for laughing at the joke. Uh, we now have a wrestling writer. We do. I cannot wait to talk about John Cena and Roman Reigns and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and uh, Ring of Honor wrestling. Oh, wait, different wrestling, oh
0: probably? Oh, my God. We're not talking about those things. We're talking about Taylor Benz and Chad Red Jr.
1: I know. I was kidding, but you—well, maybe
0: he's into those other things. I don't know.
1: Maybe. Hey, you know what? Brock Lesnar was uh, a national champion at Minnesota, so he anything's was possible. So anyway, no. Uh, so I'm excited that there's going to be some wrestling. I'm, I'm sorry, wrestling coverage on Coronation, and we're going to have to get. Uh, the newest riders on, because he's not the only one you brought into the fold. Uh, you also brought in a new recruiting rider as well. You've been busy. You have been busy in the last couple of weeks, sir. There's more to come. There's more. Speaking of, could we possibly even contain our potential excitement for the idea that Runzis might be coming to Memorial Stadium in the form of of foam hats people wear on their heads like cheeseheads at Lambeau. No. Isn't that, like, just horrible? No. No.
0: The, is that photo you sent me that you have to include in the show notes? That looks like somebody put shit on their head.
1: It does not look, um... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking? Flattering. It is not a flattering no. image at all.
0: No, it's it's literally like you're... you're if, if other fan bases see this, they're going to go, Nebraska shitheads. And maybe maybe we can embrace this. Oh, God. Was that the real photo? Or is you making that up?
1: Well, it's from uh, uh, the Lincoln Journal Star. So one can only guess. I mean, there are cheeseheads in the back and other types of molded foam hats. Uh, Foamation, it's a place in Milwaukee and it makes the uh, foam cheese head hats, is designing a Runza hat for the Lincoln based restaurant company. Uh, so, yes, it, according to <coughs> according to what I'm reading straight from the journal Star, uh, dot com, the photo that we saw, which will be included, uh, was taken during a tour of the plant last year, but a Runza spokeswoman said because of design changes. Any potential finished product would not look like the hat in the picture.
0: Oh, my God. Thank God.
1: So. Uh, because
0: if, if it looked like the hat in the picture, it would be number one. It would be like wearing it, shit no, on your it, head. it
1: wouldn't be number one. It would be number, number two. You
0: know what else it reminded <laughs> me of? A burrito. No. Okay. One of the original Star Trek episodes, oh, and God. yes, I am a Trekkie. Uh, in which there was a planet killer in which this thing went around that looked like a giant burrito in which it shot like you know it, it could run around and kill entire planets and Jim Kirk and his crew ran into it and uh, they found the captain alone on his ship where he transported his team down on a planet and the thing came and killed the planet and and, uh the the captain tried desperately to transport them back to the ship but they it, it killed the there's this is way too long an explanation
1: <laughs> yeah I don't I don't remember Tra- the original
0: trekkies will get that and you know what the, the, I you know I want you to know Trekkie's I'm with you
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is an episode of uh, uh the five heart podcast or an episode of uh, Nerds United, because we've had Lord of the Rings and Star Trek talk.
0: Well, you know, I, th- I told you guys in the past that I forgot a lot of my uh, movies and my um, experiences with TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so one of the things I've started to do <laughs> – over the last few months, as I've I've went back through my Star
1: Trek episodes. Carry on. I hate
0: to say I hate to say that publicly, but when the Star Trek Enterprise with uh, Jonathan Archer starts and they do that theme song, I literally cry. Because I watch the intro in which they do that thing where they they show, you know, humanity on the ocean at first and then they show, like, the next steps of us getting off the planet. I think about how far huma- – my God, Greg, did, why did we record this on a Saturday night when I'm already imbibing? But <laughs> – Because we're all learning things. It it amazes me how far humanity has come. You know, when you watch that stuff, when you watch, like, we've come across the oceans, we've come across, you know, navigated the seas, now we're trying to navigate the stars. Now, you know what I mean? In a really short time, in the last 40 years, we're making major advances. The same time we have this problem, which... We're all sitting here expect every day we think the world is going to end because something happened that was so minor in the big things of the world. So when I watched, it went back and tried to watch Star Trek Enterprise, the Jonathan Archer thing. By the way, um, I had to been, look it
1: up too, folks. I had no idea. This is the one with Scott Bakula. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't know. I'm,
0: it's really it, – it, I, I love I loved Star Trek. It's so much better than Star Wars than I try to love Star Wars. And our family went to Star Wars, the latest one. And uh, I'm not going to say it was a disappointment
1: because – You know who went to Star uh, Wars in this house? Me. I went to Star Wars by myself Christmas Eve.
0: Oh my god,
1: why? It, it was a matinee because uh my my wife and son were over cuz I had to work uh and they they took, you know, she was off so they took that afternoon and went over to uh you know her folks, my in-laws and visited with them and I got done with work early but not early enough to like join them cuz it's an hour and a half drive so I'm like, "You know what? I've got a couple of hours to kill. I'm going to go see Star Wars." And I did. And you know what? It was a matinee, and I paid $6.50 for the ticket and didn't get any popcorn. So I call I call that a win. Yeah, listen, well, listen to that, big cities. $6.50 well, for the movie. When The
0: Last Jedi came out, we were in L.A. for my daughter's graduation from a university called Biola. She got a biochemistry degree. But uh, wait, wait. we all went to The Last Jedi together. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was terrible. It was uh, literally, you watched Carrie Fisher fly back to the ship as Mary Poppins.
1: Spoiler alert. You got to tell people these things. Who
0: hasn't watched
1: that movie by now?
0: (laughs) The other real big, there was other big problems with that movie.
1: Yeah. You you, you think we should end the the Five Heart podcast and then start up a Nerds United episode and talk Star Wars?
0: No, I'm going to finish this part, Greg. Okay. I mean, they have billions and billions of dollars to do Star Wars. Can you write a fucking script? Just one? Could you write one that actually makes sense and then make a movie? This is like literally we're watching Sylvester Stallone make bad Rambo movies and that's, this isn't Rambo. This is star Wars. It's huge. Billions. I
1: think, I think the, the biggest mistake that they made with what they, you know, what we call the sequel trilogy is they didn't have any three movie idea mapped out. They kind of flew by the seat of their pants, each one. And when Ryan Johnson came in oh. for the last Jedi and he, he, you know, made so many sweeping changes then uh, you know then you lose you you know lose any continuity so
0: you have Carrie Fisher saying goodbye to an admiral who's going to sit on her ship and watch most of the rebel fleet get destroyed when she could have turned her fucking ship around at that moment and flew it in light speed into another ship and killed him but no, she sits there and waits until they're all dead, and then she does that. That's the. And then you have Finn, Finn, who's literally who Finn. I love Finn, who's sent off on a journey
1: to get some who, space at horses. The end
0: of whatever journey he's on makes no difference to the end of the story whatsoever. <laughs> This is writing a plot that is shit. It's shit. You wrote shit. And nobody told you it was shit. And you have billions of dollars at stake. I'm sorry this is part of this podcast. It really bothers me.
1: Let's call it a night, John. It's late.
0: You literally have
1: been by
0: Captain Phasma in a last two and a half minutes. It could have been a big fucking battle, <laughs> and it was shit. You pooped on the screen. You good? No. Okay, you gonna get there? You know what the funny thing is? <laughs> that I I rode back. We went to LA for this vacation. I rode back with a former gopher football player who played under Jerry Kill and I sat next to him and he's literally at the U and he's the friend of mine on Facebook and uh, he's at the USC film school there he was and we talked about a lot of this stuff and it bothered him and we talked about filmmaking and script writing and stuff like that because you know I'm I'm a filmmaker and a scriptwriter no I'm not for God's sakes if I recognize this and you know, we discussed this, and people in the plane, it was late at night, were like, y- Could you guys shut up? Because we we're getting animated. I didn't get this animated, but, you know, God, when you, when you have that much resources at your
1: disposal, disposal yeah. fingertips,
0: and you write garbage, you know, somebody should call you on it.
1: Well,. And,
0: you know what we're going to end this with? Oh, God. We're going to end you with this, this. Okay. We're going to end this with uh, going back to Nebraska football. Okay. Uh, two losing seasons in a row for Scott Frost. Correct. Okay. We we talked earlier about how somebody had to be sacrificed. And I don't know if it was sacrificed. I, 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 best- oh, my God, I made that noise. But, um, Jesus, but somebody had to be fired. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're running a football team or you're doing a project, a major project in a corporation. If you fail this badly, somebody has to be fired. That's how it goes these days. I don't give a shit. If you're an old person listen to this and thinking Tom Osborne saved his staff for 25 years and which is a lie because he didn't he got rid of people too they just went other places nobody paid attention to that much but uh you know since we're going to bring it full circle you know somebody had to go mm-hmm. and I think you know we're all we're all kind of looking at the defensive side and going, "Well, when's Eric Janander going to go?" Well, you know what? I I would look back on this season. I would say that the offense failed more than the defense. I think I I've said this many many times over. Our um, offense needs to score forty points a game. If you're not, sco- I don't give a shit if it's the Big Ten. I don't care what defenses we're facing. This offense should under Scott Frost score 40 points a game average. Not not on an anomaly. We score I don't give a shit if it's Iowa and they punt 34 times. We should score 40 fucking points a game. And if you can't make that your goal, you're going to fail in today's college football because that's the direction it's going, and we're going to end on that, Greg. You son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> I love you.
0: Yeah, well, you let me ramble on this bad. I mean, I mean, by this point, people have got to think I'm a little bit crazy.
1: You are, but that's okay. That's it's endearing. It's charming. Uh, he is John Johnston. Uh, you can find him on uh, Twitter doing uh, some of the uh, work there at the Coronation account. My name is Greg Mahachko. Of course, the show is the number five heart podcast on Twitter or written out, five heart podcast on Facebook. Join that conversation. That phone number, again, if you want to call in, leave a voicemail and uh, bring your own topic to the table, 402-327-1830 for John for myself It's the
0: off season. Yeah. It's the off season. You need to call in and give us ideas about what we should discuss. I don't care if they're like uh, you know, strategies about World War 1.
1: Give us ideas, you sons of bitches. Well, in 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 all honesty, just look how far we strayed off the path tonight. If you want us to either go further off the path or stay on the path, then Drop us a line and give us a question, and we'd be more than happy to answer and interact with you in that way. Uh, but in the meantime, and in between time, we're here each and every week to remind you that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John?
0: You know, I paid $13 for a gin and tonic this time to see Star Wars. You pay- Just to say I could pay that much money when I was at a movie theater.
1: You paid twice as much for the drink as I paid for the ticket.
0: Right. Yeah. You know why? Why? Well, because I I live my life decently. I'm pretty much out of debt and I can afford to do that kind of stupid shit. Well, that's fine. Anyway, go big red Greg, you son of a bitch,
1: and win the damn off-season.
0: Yeah.